0: Who the Potomac Potom- picture. picture Show?
1: Episode 0056. I've got a funny feeling about this. Welcome to the Potable Picture Show, your podcast dedicated to motion pictures and drinking liquors. I'm your host, Kevin McRae. I'm here to warn you, this podcast may contain explicit content. We have a lot to go over today, including a new guest. So let's go ahead, let's head into the VIP booth at the top of the cantina and get today's show started. Well, a bit different this week. Last week, I was all alone in the VIP booth at the top of the cantina. It was rather pleasant, but now we've got a full room, and it's always nice to have a full room when you're having a party, because when you have a party by yourself, it's basically just masturbation. Sitting across from me is the head organizer of the Sierra Nevada Movie Club. Her name is Heathen. Hello. Also with us, assistant organizer of the Sierra Nevada Movie Club. He went to on his spiritual journey to Colorado and now he's back intact and hopefully no one ate his Rocky Mountain oysters. His name's Beer Maker Matt.
2: Hey. I think somebody did. Yeah. <laughs> Hi.
1: And joining us for the first time in the VIP booth at the top of the cantina, he goes by the name Handsome Rob. Hi, everybody. <laughs> So handsome Rob's part of the movie group. He's been going how long have you been going to the movie group? Oh jeez. Ever since Nebraska, whenever that came out. Yeah, we haven't seen a, a few people that were there. Uh the milkmaid lady, she hasn't been around for a while. She That's kept, good. She kept saying, Oh, this reminds me so much of home. Didn't she make you mad during Interstellar or something? Because she she liked to go, hmm. hmm.
2: Yeah. Everybody makes me mad. Oh my
3: God, he's picking it up. Yeah, we all just saw it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Did you see that? Handsome Rob, what's your take on uh, people that uh, talk during movies or enjoy themselves or their babies? Enjoy themselves during movies?
4: Uh, um, (laughs) How dare they? (laughs) If it's funny, that's an art though. If it's funny, if they have like that one liner, but usually, you know, it falls
1: flat and it's just annoying yeah I agree If it's just once in a while, but heathen's extremely I'm pretty, actually more sensitive than she is, I guess, but anyway, good to have you in the cantina. I can swing this way and look at you. I like to just look over there in the corner.
2: <laughs> he's talking He's talking to his his imaginary friend.
1: Well, it's the same way uh, when I give like speeches in class. I just like look in the back corner, <laughs> otherwise I just end up looking at some weird person in the second row.
2: So what are you saying? Am I the weird person in the second row?
1: No, you guys make me nervous, so I'm looking in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Heathen, are you ready for some news? Um, yes.
5: Heathens headlines. Hey. headlines.
0: Head ah.
2: Inside Out earned $90 million in the box office opening weekend making it the highest grossing debut of an original film in history. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. We're all a part of that. <laughs> we weren't part of opening
1: weekend, so we weren't part of that. We saw it on Tuesday.
2: I was just trying to add a little pizzazz to it, okay? It
1: already broke records by the time we saw it. And then and then uh, one of our movie group members was like really angry about it when I was like, this is the highest uh, opening movie of any Pixar movie. And he was like, how can that be? That doesn't make any sense. I was like, all right, calm down.
2: (laughs) Um, But it didn't beat out uh, Jurassic World for the number one slot. Yeah, it's
1: it's the uh, only Pixar movie to not open number one.
2: Hmm.
1: Because of Jurassic World.
3: So it it made the most money in the first weekend, but didn't have the first slot.
1: It made the most money of any original movie. So Jurassic World was an original movie. So it beat any... uh, um, Ad- adaptations and sequels didn't count,
2: but they also released this movie. Well, in Ohio, they were gonna release this movie, but they accidentally played Insidious three yeah. instead. I, I saw that.
1: Yeah, that was, yeah that was I <laughs> How long did it? Yeah. yeah, how long did it
2: last? You know. Well, I, you know what I couldn't understand is they were saying that the kids were being scarred and stuff it's like you didn't realize that this was not a cartoon <laughs> right. did they and cover your scene, kids yeah. eyes
1: did they at least play the volcano thing first to soften things up
2: i don't know like what happened did it just be, bleed into it you know that would be great Children to go being from. murdered like how does that work i mean and in, in the movie that we saw that movie stopped so and we knew what was going on i think if it went into uh happy-go-lucky into to children being murdered, I think at some point I might reach my hand over to my child and go, this is not our movie, honey. Exit stage left.
1: Well, when something goes on in a movie, people take a long time to react, you know, like to leave. Like, I'm usually the first one out when something happens, and I didn't this time. I just waited because I was like, well, something will happen eventually.
2: Well, I'm pretty sure everybody in this room knows that I react pretty quickly to things, so that's how I would be, but...
4: Yeah. Is that a rated R f- movie, the uh, Insidious 3? Probably. I think it's PG-13.
2: No, oh, okay. I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs>
1: I'll, look the, I'll fact check while you're looking. <gasps>
2: while yeah, I'm the, looking?
3: Those, the Insidious movies never really start with, you know, Bangora and, you know, horror right off the bat. It's usually, they, they build up to it.
2: But, so did these parents not see the preview of a cartoon uh, that they were going to go see well, yeah, if
3: you see, like, the...
1: The credits rolling at the beginning. And it says Insidious Three. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, well, know. maybe that's just inside her head. Maybe that's what she's watching. I'm, yeah, it's fear. I'm,
2: yeah. I'm. well, we deal with some members that are in Ohio members. and I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say there maybe there's an IQ issue, I'm not sure. But
1: Um, I remember there used to be those mix ups like uh, when I was like earlier than high school where like, uh, I think, like the Bowflex or something video, a bunch of them got shipped out with porns instead. I was like, why can't I be that kid? I'm just going to buy a bunch of Boflex. Hopefully, there's a porn in one of them.
3: <laughs> okay, uh, Insidious
1: 3 is uh, PG 13. so oh, I was right. No one's getting scarred okay. unless yeah. they're under the age of 13. Fucking pussies.
2: <laughs> Four Hearts Brewing Company in Australia came out with a Webbit season beer. It has 16% carrot juice. That's my
1: favorite Looney Tunes cartoon. It's,
2: uh, it's uh, We're Hunting webbits.
1: How many uh, carrot juices does it
2: have? 16% carrot juice. It's almost as orange as a cup of Fanta. Uh.
1: So you know how um, people drink so they can get beer goggles and go home with someone in the bar? I think the carrot juice probably counteracts that, so it's not useful. Because carrot's good for your eyes. You're like, damn, bitch, you keep getting uglier the more I drink. Well,
2: I don't know if you've ever had this, but um, you can drink so much carrot juice that your skin turns orange or eat too much squash, so I wonder. I
4: saw that on Magic School Bus. Yeah, I remember.
3: (laughs) That's why flamingos are pink. I was going to say
1: that. Matt beat me to it. Let's hit a baby. Uh, that's, That's fine to hit this baby. Anytime you hear this, you drink along with us at home as we drink here in the studio. He then is drinking a giant canister of wine in a box. <laughs> beer maker Matt, what's your sipping beer? I thought it was uh, from uh, Stone.
3: Yeah, it's a Stone. The old guardian barley wine. It's
2: a nice beer. That's, that's going to get you buzzed if you drink oh, all
1: that. How, what's the yeah. percentage on there? 12%? Uh, 11.2%. Hmm,
3: pretty
1: close.
2: 11.2 carats.
1: And handsome Rob staying hydrated with some yeah. H2O, and I'm drinking. High
2: quality H2O. Yeah.
1: Mostly cr- cranberry juice.
2: From Boomtown.
1: Yeah, Boomtown Water. <laughs> Boomtown Water. <That's>
2: water. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that's a that bird water? bird eye water. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Reno, Nevada.
2: No, that's bird eye water. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, that's water. Water. You don't have to get a rope then. All right, Heathen, what's your next news?
3: Damn, that's tasty.
2: Experts are calling for a health warning in cinema, popcorn, on sun- Ugh, bleh, bleh. Let's start this all over again, please. You're not a
1: goddamn <laughs> vampire. What? Just read your news. <laughs>
2: experts are calling for health warnings on cinema popcorn buckets because of the high levels of salt and sugar
1: i would have thought it would have been like something in the artificial butter yeah artificial butter can't be good for you
2: well the sweet well that's what we were talking about at work like first of all why would you need that a, a, a warning you don't know that the movie popcorn is going to be bad for you i mean same. the butter comes out of a a pump.
1: Well, it's probably like you know when New York was trying to limit the soda intake of like kids and stuff. It's probably the same thing. Just trying to get a healthier world. There's nothing wrong with that, Helen. Don't be so critical.
2: <laughs> well, they were just—they all just think it's funny because on my lunch, I you know was doing the research, and we all talk about it. And they're like, "Well, what are you researching today?" I'm like, "I'm trying to find this
1: because they do put ingredients on everything else." And that used to be a thing with fast food—is they, they they started pressuring restaurants and fast food to start li- listing their ingredients and calories. Remember, this is probably about four years ago.
2: Yeah, but they don't do it in the fast food. I mean, they. Yeah, they do. It's yeah. on there, the calories. But At least it doesn't... has to be available.
1: Yeah,
3: they yeah. have to either have it online, yeah. mm-hmm. and I've, I think they also have to have a physical copy on site that you can request. But...
1: So, what's so bad about this popcorn, Neil? Okay,
2: well, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> the sweet popcorn contains more than 30 teaspoons of sugar. That's three cans of Coke. Oh, and shit. And one bucket of popcorn or 220 uh, 220. A uh, gram or whatever bucket of popcorn is twelve hundred and fourteen calories and two grams of salt. That's a shitload of stuff, and I don't think I'm gonna eat movie popcorn. Yeah, anymore. and I and that's I that's half of your calories in one bucket. And I
1: usually eat like a giant family bucket too. And I always kind of thought even that
2: share and you're continuous.
1: And I kind of thought that I was eating healthy. <laughs> I was like, oh, all I'm eating is this popcorn for dinner.
2: N- no, yeah. I mean if we if we <laughs> Like, even the microwave popcorn is bad for you, but if we popped popcorn and stuck it in my purse, that would probably be okay. Well,
1: I realize that uh, butter isn't good for you, artificial butter. I just didn't realize there was so much sugar and salt and all of that. Well, it depends
3: on the artificial butter, too. If it's the the butter that doesn't have the... um, The butter. butter.
1: I can't believe it's not artificial butter. I
2: can't believe it's not butter.
3: (laughs) If it doesn't have the stuff that congeals it and, you know, makes it so it's a you know, almost a solid.
1: Coagulants. Co- there you go.
2: Good job. You guys are using your big words today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I think you should punch a baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so really.
1: Hey, then, drink your box of wine. <laughs> hey, then, I think you need to make a commercial for us for boxes of wine. I don't think boxes of wine, most of them have sponsors. Maybe we should try to get hooked up. With whoever makes your boxes of wine. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't mind to be sponsored by box wine. <laughs> the box wine and hobos everywhere. Maybe we can get sponsored by cans of beans. Okay. Drink, 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 drink. Was that the end of your news? Mm-hmm. Oh, you could have told us. Then we could I have. did four. Oh, nice. Well, you combined <laughs> two into one. But it's still four. Because you're pretty clever. And you're
2: welcome. And that's my news. All right.
1: <laughs> what do you feel about movie popcorn, Handsome Rob?
4: No, I I like it, but what's what, your movie
1: snack? What's your typical movie snack?
4: I like popcorn. I, I you know I've read that popcorn is actually good for you, but apparently they add all this stuff to it, and it you know that's
1: the problem with it. You know, like, the air pop yeah. is good. Well, it's that happens good with a lot you. of things. You know, I'll add all this goddamn corn syrup. Yeah, well, corn if
2: you it. air pop it, it's good, but that's about it. Like it, nothing to it.
1: Maybe you should be a sponsor for air pop popcorn. Yeah. That was a that was a good read right there, Heathen. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what's your what's your favorite movie snack? Uh, You like something weird, don't you? Like Junior Mints or something shitty?
3: No, Sour Patch Kids. Oh, sorry, that's a good one.
1: Mm, Ethan, what's your favorite one? Box wine. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, my favorite one's probably popcorn. Movie and popcorn.
2: I don't really ever see (laughs) you eating any.
4: Well,
1: yeah. um, He's a fit yeah. young gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> you don't be handsome Rob while you're eating those 30 yeah. grams of sugar. You don't
2: get to be handsome yeah. Rob and eat popcorn. That's just like how red, it is. I like
4: red vines too. when you Yeah, because those are fat free. Yeah. And, <laughs> and use drink, it as a straw. Yeah, and then yeah. drink
2: <laughs> your Boomtown water <laughs> yeah, through the straw. I love it. That's totally what I do yeah. too. All right. I would have to agree that red vines are my favorite because they're fat free and they're, the calories well, are the, low. they're
1: your favorite because they're fat free and calories are low. Why don't you eat a fucking rice cake?
2: <laughs> I like those too. Thank you.
1: You can't use them as a straw, <laughs> I guess is the difference.
2: In my boxed wine.
1: <laughs> I'm healthy. I'm drinking boxed wine with a rice cake. <laughs> they say drinking wine makes you live yes, longer. <laughs> Alright, let's head into Cocktail Corner.
5: I see America drinking. The fabulous cocktails I make. America's getting yeah. stinking on something I stir or shake. Have a drink!
1: So this week on Cocktail Corner, we're going to make a shot called Mood Swing. I found this on the internet. Uh, a lot of times we try to make themed drinks to go along with the movies. A lot of times I try to um, sample the drink if I haven't had it before, um, before the podcast. I didn't get a chance to this time. This drink is pretty simple. Um, it's going to be a sort of a layered drink. You're going to have grenadine on the bottom. You can either pour it in first or second. It's going to sink either way because it's heavier in a the syrup. Then you're... Um, Body of the drink is going to be hypnotic, which we've had before on the podcast. And then you're going to float a little bit of dark rum on top. This dark rum I haven't had before. It is called um, Old Brigadan. Old Brigand. Sorry, Old Brigand. It's from Barbados. And it says it's superior. Or at least it says it's superior bar- Barbados rum. So maybe it's not superior to other rum, just better than Barbados rum. So um, you guys know what grenadine is made from? Most people get this wrong. Shit, that's too much grenadine.
2: Um, Most people say ch- it was cherries. Pomegranate, pomegranate is pomegranate. correct. Mm.
1: It is a pomegranate syrup. It probably says that on here somewhere. Someone is going to have more pomegranate. Well, no, I'll drink the extra pomegranate one. Let's pour. So, Heathen, you want to tell us about these uh, shot glasses here that I'm using? It's kind of a nice, fancy little shot glass tray, guys. You ever seen anything so fancy? Mm. <laughs> Way to sell it, man. <laughs>
3: that's some Martha Stewart crap right there.
2: They come from Holland. <laughs> they come from Holland. Holland.
1: So that's all you got to say about it, Heathen?
2: Yeah. Um. No, I was... <laughs> <laughs> We're selling them really big. No, I was at a yard sale, and this lady was uh, had a bunch of stuff from Holland, and my um, papa lived in Holland most of my life, and there was... All of these little things that I wanted, and I just thought this would be a really good addition to our bar.
1: She had other things from Holland there? Mm -hmm. Oh, so was she from Holland or something?
2: Um, I think they might have visited, um, because she didn't really, like, elaborate when I said, oh, you know, this is, I really love these things, because it would remind me of this, and my grandfather had lived there, and she didn't really say, oh or add, you know how people are like, oh, I, la, 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 And (laughs) she's like, oh, I'll give them to you for $5. I'm like, sweet, (laughs) bye. She did say that they were selling everything because they were moving to Portland. So that was cool.
1: I'll drink the messed up one. I put one with extra grenadine and it has extra rum, so it equals out. Um, All right. I'm going to leave my microphone now to go hand out my shots.
2: On the nice little serving tray.
1: Yeah, it's neat. It's like what is that? Grapevines? Oh, that's cool. Do you have anything? Anyone have anything to toast to?
2: I had a pretty good interview today.
1: Congratulations to a good interview. Hmm.
0: It's
1: like a flavor explosion. Yeah. Very fruity. There's a lot of. There's a lot of stuff going on there, mostly because there's like um there's uh the sweetness the over-sweetness of the um grenadine plus like there's like the citrus of the hypnotic uh it was it was um I feel like um like a starburst attack my Tony definitely
2: changing my mood
1: Yeah to for the worse <laughs> <laughs> i would do <laughs> another one All right Sounds like, well no you got to finish that barley wine Yeah <laughs> Maybe I'll do another one You're going to have trouble with that one so we're gonna play a game today, handsome Rob. Have you heard any of the quiz games we've done on here before? That's not my thing. Uh, not yet. Okay, so you're you're gonna have a ring in. Uh, let's do um, Heathen. How are you feeling right now? Does it's it take Sour. You... Okay. Beer <laughs> maker Matt, how are you feeling right now? Uh, yeah, giddy. Huh? Okay, uh, handsome Rob, how are you feeling right now? He's right feeling now. handsome. Yeah. Okay. Is, that, is that a feeling? Sure. You can be feeling all handsome. Right. So I'm going to ask some questions. If you know the answer, you got to ring in by using your ring in. So here is a sample question. Uh, how many chairs are, on, are outside on the deck, on the beverage deck of the? Sour. Sour. Two. Two is correct. Okay. <laughs> so that's a sample question. These questions all are movies with a feeling in the title.
2: I'm going to lose.
1: With a feeling in the title, so keep track of your own scores, or however you want. We'll start out with an easy one to make you guys feel better. <laughs> this film features Adam Sandler trying to help his grandma and trying to beat his Giddy. rival. Giddy. Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore is correct. I was
2: to say that, <laughs> but I forgot my feeling.
1: <laughs> this is the second in a series of high-octane movies, and is almost too much. It stars Paul Walker and Tyrese Gibson, and don't forget Luda. Handsome. uh, I need the full, accurate title.
4: There's the second one in it? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Was this Fast and the Furious 2? Nope.
1: (laughs) It is almost too much. This is the second in a series of high-octane movies, and it's almost too much. It is Too Fast, Too Furious. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, this John Steinbeck novel was also made into a movie starring Henry Fonda. This this John handsome Stein- handsome um, grapes of wrath grapes of wrath is right. correct. Good I job. Don't
2: like this game.
1: <laughs> Luke finds that his aunt Beru and Ocle- Uncle Owens are probably pretty crispy. What is the full title of this movie? What handsome handsome Star Wars A New Hope Star Wars What Comes Between F- Four. Star Wars Episode IV, Four: A New Hope. I will take uh. that. That is correct.
2: I really don't like this game. You can't the, even. The 1957
1: version uh, starred Henry Fonda. The 1997 version starred Jack Lemmon. Both plots followed a dozen unhappy jurors. Handsome. Uh, handsome. Twelve Angry Men. Twelve Angry Men is correct. Okay. <laughs> Don't be jealous if you can't remember this 2004 flick starring Jack Black and Ben Stiller. <laughs> I actually didn't even remember this movie. Tellers doing research for this quiz. I was like, "Oh yeah, uh, I, I saw this movie." movie. Yeah, I, I can't remember the name. Of it I had though. totally forgotten it. My handsome, handsome uh, envy. Envy is correct. Ah, okay. All right.
4: So.
1: I am not the you're big... handsome. <laughs> I am not the biggest Richard Gere fan, but I remember liking this 1996 film where he plays a lawyer representing an altar boy accused of murdering a priest. This film also introduced me to Edward Norton. Three, two, one. This movie is called Primal Fear. It was uh, I thought it was Edward Norton's for, uh, first movie, but I think it was a second. I'm also not a huge Ryan Gosling fan, but this 2011 film was balanced by the addition of Steve Carell, who plays a middle-aged husband whose life dramatically changes when his wife asks him for a divorce. He seeks to, discover his man- he seeks to rediscover his manhood, learning to pick up girls at bars.
2: Mm-mm.
1: This one's an easier one. I saw this one, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I... You've already got it in the bag. You don't need to answer it. Yeah. The answer is Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah, Crazy could be a feeling, I suppose. All right. Handsome Rob will get to put his name up on the guest board and put a sticker up for the guests. That puts the guests at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8.
2: The stickers are right down there.
1: Yeah, we can do that at any time. We're going to head into feature presentation.
2: That game sucked.
1: Every week in feature presentation, we take a film that we saw with the Sierra Nevada Movie Club, and we use it as a conversation starter. This week, the Sierra Nevada Movie Club saw the film Inside Out. Here is a synopsis as written by Pixar. Growing up can be a bumpy road, and it's no exception for Riley, who is uprooted from her Midwest life when her father starts a new job in San Francisco. Like all of us, Riley is guided by her emotions. Joy, fear, anger, disgust, and sadness. The emotions live in headquarters, the control center inside Riley's head, where they help advise her through everyday life. As Riley and her emotions struggle to adjust to a new life in San Francisco, turmoil ensues in headquarters. Although although joy, Riley's main and most important emotion, tries to keep things positive, the emotions conflict on how best to navigate a new city house and school okay so as he then already pointed out uh this film uh was the biggest opening of any original film um i think the only other pixar movie that did better than it was toy story 3 as far as opening weekend and that didn't count because it was a, in a sequel toy story 3 is generally considered one of the better pixar films but anyway so as this has done so well what makes um why do you think this film has been so successful at least so far
3: because it deals with emotions that everybody has, even though they might not have all of them. It, everybody can relate to, it, relate to it in some way.
2: That's what I had, too, is that it has? it's dealing with emotions.
1: What about you? I think
3: that
4: it was such an ambitious project, if you think about it. In that one scene, are we allowed to talk about spoilers yeah that, okay.
1: um we're gonna do some spoilers so positive okay. if you don't want to hear spoilers go see the movie well, there's it's this good. one
4: scene and it was in the previews too about they're at the the table the dinner table and you have the the girl and the parents but what's going on you have all the the five emotions in each person's head so if you think about it that's 15 characters you can deal with and then you have the the three the riley and the parents so that's 18 i mean they i read somewhere that it was really hard to write this movie—it was so so ambitious, but I think they did a really good job.
1: Yeah, I guess it took them five years to to do this, which isn't you know that long concerning animation. Um, also, actually, real quick, sorry, let me go to some notes real quick, and then we'll continue down that path where we're headed because uh, I'm already talking about it. Um, So here's some notes real quick, and we'll continue on that conversation. The writers considered up to 27 different emotions, but settled on the five that we talked about to make it less complicated. Some of the major emotions that ended up being cut included surprise, pride, and trust. And I want to come back to that later. According to director Peter uh, Doctor, each emotion is based on a shape. Joy is based on a star. Sadness uh, is based on a teardrop. Anger is a fire brick. Fear is a raw nerve. And disgust is broccoli. Some of the memory balls in Riley's mind contain scenes from other Pixar movies, such as Carl and Ellie's Wedding and Up. Inside Out featured a smaller crew with only 45 animators, which is about half the size of previous films by Pixar. Um, when this film was pitched to Mindy, uh, Mindy Kaling, who plays Disgust, she was moved to tears and said, I think it's great that you guys are making a film that shows it's difficult to grow up and that it's okay to be sad about it. When joy and sadness are passing through imagination land, a board game called Find Me with a cartoon Nemo on it can be seen. Psychologists and other experts were consulted so the writers could make the way Riley's mind works scientifically accurate. For example, it is believed that short-term memories made during the day are converted into long-term memories during sleep, which is what happens in Riley's mind. Um, And I'm going to skip the last one because it's just about how all these people have pretty much worked together before on other projects, mostly The Office, but... So, um, uh, finish what you're saying, uh, or were you done? Oh, I was no. just
4: saying that. It was, yeah, it was so ambitious. Yeah, that was interesting about that. Um, how each character they put so much thought into. I didn't even notice with the shapes. That, that's pretty interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they went through several, um, at least for Joy. I read about uh, Joy that they went through at least five major character designs, and it became less and less. I um, like the original ones were more human looking. And then they started getting more stylized and, and things like that. Like it went from like a pretty human looking thing to something that looked more like a Tinkerbell fairy to what it became. Which is still fairly humanoid-ish. Which
3: is weird because the animal ones were the exact like identical form as the animal that they were in.
1: So yeah, weird. like the cat and dog at the end, which was a really good part. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, and so was the, uh, the, the goth girl kind of a little bit.
2: Each feeling has a <clears throat> shape to it, like a diamond, a star, a circle, and then they also have an element to them as well.
1: Yeah, like Joy's dress uh, was designed as supposed to show like, synapses and things like that. Um, so Heathen, when you saw the preview, what made you want to go see this movie? Because you were like me, you were looking forward to seeing this movie quite a bit. So what was it about it before you saw it that made you want to go see it? Because I'm trying to get it... What was bringing people to the theater this weekend, especially against Jurassic World, which is, you know, making records on its own?
2: Well, just being a really emotional kid um and growing up and dealing with a lot of turmoil and a lot of all those things that you deal with when you're growing up with a kid attracted me to it and just seeing the, the different emotions go through little things, especially like with the unicorn, how... um Yeah, I don't want to sound
3: like a queer or nothing, but I think unicorns are kick-ass.
2: They are.
1: (laughs) So, go ahead. No, I just,
2: (laughs) I thought it was so cute how she was starstruck by the unicorn, you know, and I just thought that was really cute, and so that definitely attracted me
1: to it. Because they had that in the preview.
2: Well, because she's the one that's supposed to keep everybody together, and for her to be like... (gasps) It's a unicorn. You know, I just thought that was really funny.
1: I'm not sure what made me really want to go see this because, I mean, I I know that Pixar films generally are going to be pretty good. The only Pixar films I haven't really liked were like, I didn't really like any of the Cars films and Planes I didn't see, but I, especially, I guess they made a sequel that was Was, really bad.
4: Was Planes a Pixar? Because I was researching Pixar before I came here and it wasn't on like the... Was it like a
3: main Pixar
1: or was I, it a different studio? I, I thought it was Pixar because it looks, the yeah. planes just look, look think, just like the cars. No, I
3: think it was just Disney. Really? Yeah.
1: Okay. Because they look really similar to cars.
3: Well, I mean, yeah, they, they have the rights to do it. That's yeah. why
1: mm-hmm. Disney
3: was doing all the sequels to, to Toy Story.
1: But, um, so, I, again, I don't know what really drew me into this because, as I said, I knew... Pixar does fairly good films although I haven't been, you know, I haven't really liked that many of them as much as other people like I don't really like Finding Nemo that much. I think Up is probably one of my favorite Pixar films and the previews for that looked awful. I kind of saw that one on accident. And then like I've always said it's like the most depressing 10 minutes of any film I've ever seen. Um, so I don't know what it was about this. I think a lot of it was just maybe the addition of the of the major voice talent which doesn't normally bring me into a, an animated film but it was something that we don't. Other than Toy Story, we don't get a whole lot in animation. I don't think, at least in Pixar films, you know, having not it that had it had
2: nothing to do with the voices for you.
1: Me. I mean, if if it had been um, like uh, Christy Brinkley or Ken Basinger playing Joy, I wouldn't have wanted to see it as much. I really wanted to go knowing that Amy Poehler was going to play Joy because I knew she was basically going to be playing sort <laughs> of the same character she plays on Park and Rec. And I also kind of wanted to see Mindy Kaling playing Disgust. The rest of them didn't matter as much. But for me, the main thing was was Amy Poehler playing Joy because someone else may have done it better, but someone else may have done it much worse as well. And that was just for me. But also, did I did see.
2: I, I was just wondering oh. mm-hmm. what their opinions were.
1: I was going to say real quick, is Matt and I were talking about this, is the part that um, Handsome Rob was talking about with the 15 emotions with the dinner table scene. That was a trailer that came out that I only saw once or twice. Yeah, I remember you telling me about it. Yeah, yeah. and the first time I saw the trailers for Inside Out, I was like, okay, I don't really care about it. This looks like a little girl's movie. I don't want to go see a little <laughs> girl's movie. And then I saw the trailer with all the emotions and the mom and the dad and the daughter. I was like, this is really... Okay, I got what this movie is about now. Like... I kind of wish I hadn't saw that because it was one of the best parts in the movie. Yeah, but yeah. it really, it really got me more in the style of the, of the thing. The
3: yeah, way- I didn't even see that second preview, so I kind of went into it purposely without seeing any other previews because I, I wanted to be completely.
2: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see that either. So, but
1: some of the later previews made me want to see it as well, just because. Um, just I didn't really go through that much I did move as a kid but I think a lot of people can identify with dealing with emotions when you're younger and trying to deal with it and kind of feeling like you have to deal with it alone sometimes and it's kind of, I was kind of picking that up in the preview that she moved and then she was like having to deal with all this stuff and it was like really sad and having to like tackle it by herself because you know parents don't always understand that stuff when you're 10 or 11 like little things are the biggest things to the world to you when you're 11 you know it's easy to move now like but it's hard to, you know, imagine for a little kid how like traumatic that is. I remember mo- having to move class a class in the same school, changing classrooms, and I was like depressed that I had to move from one class to another, and I was going on a different time schedule.
2: Well, I think it would have been okay just for a typical move, but just something in her head went screwy for a minute, and that can happen too sometimes. So I think they were trying to show that too. Well,
1: moving from Minnesota to San Francisco when you're 11 is about the worst thing they that were could trying happen. to show
2: two separate things. I think they were trying, I think that's why this film was so good is because they identify people with maybe a, a brain disorder like ADD or ADHD or something like that could identify because they handled the chemical part of it. And then people who were dealing with a very, um, a family trauma or something like that could deal, could identify with the movie too because they had. The real time going on. So they had both things going on in the movie and I think that's why everybody across the board uh, man, women, child, you adult kind of could... You al- kind
1: of lost me a little bit. What do you mean? I don't actually everything you just said. So there's two things going on. You're talking about like the physical thing that's going on with Riley and then the thing going on in her brain as well? Yeah. Okay.
4: Yeah.
0: Both things. Mm-hmm.
2: Everybody can identify <laughs> with. Yeah.
4: What well, really drew me to the movie, I, I really... Um, I studied psychology in college, I majored in it, so anything that has to do with, like, the brain, like, that's what really got me, Mm -hmm. even reading the synopsis, it was about, like, in the head, like, anything about, like, movies like Inception or The Matrix, I think they're really interesting, because they delve into, like, the mind and what goes on in the mind, Um, you know, and... You know, it's interesting, yeah, What, how ambitious this movie was. Because um, it really goes into the subconscious, which is really interesting to me. There were some parts that were, sc- like, when I was in the movie theater, there was a couple kids that cried. They they had to leave when that, the clown part, yeah. you know, that part was
1: kind of scary. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it was meant to be. There was a lot of people that were crying when we left the thing. They were mostly, like, um most of the people I saw crying were, like, girls probably around the age of, like, 20, 18, 19, But they were just like, I could totally identify with that. Like, I heard one girl say that when she left. One thing I thought that was interesting about the clown, and I wanted to say it out loud, is when the clown broke out, they they, they broke the door on her unconscious. And I was like, that can't be good to break the door on your unconscious. And now just all that stuff can come out whenever it wants. Like, she's just going to grow up and be like a psychotic stripper killer. Well, who knows? Maybe. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it did go to sort of a dark place near the end when she sort of almost became like a sociopath when they're like, we broke it. She doesn't feel anything anymore. <laughs> I was like,
2: Yeah, that's,
1: that's <laughs> like, I mean, there's a lot of teenagers that are like that, not necessarily sociopath, but what do you call that? Like disaffected? Something like that.
2: Disassociation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: that was, it was interesting. And I, I agree with what, what, um, what Handsome Rob was saying is, is, and I talked to Matt about this too when he left. I said one of the things I enjoyed, um, and I appreciated after seeing the movie was how much detail they put into certain things. And even if things weren't totally scientifically accurate, they were based on science. And a lot of it I just thought was just clever. Like the train of thought. Well, stuff it, like every, that.
2: It, they really did base a lot of things on any theory. And that's what a lot of it I saw was any theory, they really you could tie it to, to one of the theories. Any of them? Any other theories,
1: like why why well, I mean, why dinosaurs fossils were put in the ground by God? I'm
2: talking about like psychology and or psychologically uh-huh. why this is happening. Mm. You can
1: like Oedipal complexes.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys mentioned the uh, how when they go into the other uh, like the parents head they had like a different emotion running it. I mean, that, yeah. I thought that was interesting.
1: Yeah, I had that conversation, and everyone wanted to argue with me that I was that I wasn't true, that that I was making it up. But then, yeah, they were talking about that a lot on the internet, and I thought it was pretty interesting. And I think it it shows more, at least for the sadness, how how it could take place for how they portrayed sadness in the movie, how. Sadness doesn't always have to be stereotypical. I'm sitting here crying. It could be, like I was telling um, Heathen later, it could be that she was sad that her daughter was growing up. Or she could just be generally a melancholy person. The mom was overall kind of quiet throughout Mm -hmm. the movie. The dad didn't strike me as a particularly angry guy too much. But the mom did strike me as a little bit more thoughtful and maybe might dwell on that side of things more. It doesn't mean her other emotions don't get involved. Like... We'll get okay, Heathen, what were you gonna say?
2: Nothing. I'm waiting for you to finish.
1: No, because what I'm gonna finish is our next topic.
2: Okay. Well what I was saying was you know, what they were trying to show is each emotion gets to control at any given time. But for children, joy they really wants to control the most part. But I guess at some point when you become an adult, one of them controls Most and I I... guess for the mother, the um, who was it that was controlling her? Sadness was for mother
1: and anger was for the dad. But also, like I
3: I think it was because at the very end they made a very poignant point. To basically say that now we all have control. So I don't think in the adults it was one specific emotion is ruling it. It was basically saying that as a kid you have one emotion kind of controlling you at a time. And then you get to a point in your life where you almost you know do break down. Um, and then you realize that you do have to kind of control all of your emotions at the same time. And you sometimes do have Every single one of your emotions, I kind of involved. I took it a little differently. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I did took too. it as joy, as a child wants to control, because children are generally happy because they're in a fog. Well, also, Heathen for and the, they're very naive, and so and he
1: then for the movie, um, joy was the very first emotion that showed up, at least for the movie.
2: And she was, yeah, and the, and so she is the one that controls the brain and has to and the other ones are kind of the newer emotions, the more raw emotions and unstable emotions in the brain. And so she kind of has to baby the other ones that are the um the uh I don't know how to explain it. You know what I'm talking about? They're the 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 more raw emotions, yeah. the um, trigger emotions. Where joy is kind of a this is the pure Yeah. And 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 that's what, that's the, the, I don't know, the controlling emotion for, for kids. And then, and then as the other ones mature, then everybody controls as you can balance every, you know, as Mm. you become an adult, you can manage all of your emotions more than, You can as a kid. So
1: Heathen, let's go on to the next topic then. So if if you had one emotion that was the boss in your head out of these five or any of the other ones, because like I said, they cut out a bunch Mm -hmm. of them. One of the ones I was kind of surprised they took out because I didn't consider it an emotion was trust. That was one of the last ones they took out. But it kind of makes sense. In the movie, they kind of made trust more one of our personality islands than an emotion. But what would be the – I know everyone isn't one-dimensional in people – change a lot like we're talking about but what is what would you say is your your first reaction emotion or or, or your 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 main daily emotion
2: well i would st- i would say i still have a I still have i think everybody still has the joy running because it's always there but uh fear is there really too. Well, yeah i'm I kind of surprised to hear that well i was thinking about it i i mean i have I just think that fear is hmm. just always in the back.
1: I don't see that, but.
2: No? What do you see? Anger?
1: Uh, I would <laughs> say joy and anger are pretty, how like um, joy and sadness were the main ones for but Riley. I would say joy and anger would be the main ones for
2: What you. is behind anger is fear. No. That's always behind anger is fear. Mm-hmm. So. Not for me. I'm, I think I'm spot on by saying
1: When I get angry, I'm fear. not scared. I want to beat someone's ass. What about you matt who i I would guess joy for you, but what do you think, or maybe it's a more nuanced emotion uh like contentment,
3: yeah, it's hard i mean i it's probably a good mix 'cause it's it's yeah kind of joy with some sometimes sympathy in because it's
1: hmm, sympathy's a good one,
3: yeah, always usually end up waking up either thinking about somebody or. Um, you know, some, it's some sort of interaction that I'm going to have with somebody in that day. So it's usually a, a mixture, and sympathy is usually a, a dominant one.
1: Sympathy sucks. I have a lot of sympathy in me too, but that's not the main mm-hmm. one because I'm pretty cold hearted as well. What about yeah. you, handsome Rob? Um,
4: yeah, I'll, I know which emotion, but I want, I want to make one point. Um, uh, I just want to see if you guys, it's kind of on topic. Um, <laughs> but what I noticed was that, um, after the movie there was a lot of you know symbolism and stuff what i noticed was the the color of joy now i don't know if they did this I mean, you mentioned like the, the, the yellow and blue yeah 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 that's the thing i i, I was wondering like with the blue because if you study her color she has those big blue eyes and, and the blue hair blue hair and the blue on her dress because in the and then the whole movie she's with um, sadness, sadness and I, and and in, the, and in the end she kind of to me like it I don't know if they did this on purpose. Maybe they did, but it was kind of an intertwine, because you have joy and sadness. I mean, you can be well, joyful.
2: If you look at it, um, the raw, uh, the core emotions, mm-hmm. joy and sadness are actually one.
1: And that's what. So that, a lot that's of,
2: kind of. I think that's why they put them together, is because they're actually one.
1: Oh, well, and they showed that in the movie too, when they were showing the memories, how it went from sadness to to joy. And I think one of the points was. I don't know how much I agree with this, but I think the point they're trying to make with sadness is it's an emotion that people use to, again, this is what I got from the movie, not necessarily what I believe, but sadness is there to show people that you need help or support so that you can be happy again. I got it in another way with the imaginary thing that sadness is also like a cathartic thing so that you just sometimes need to get it out Mm -hmm. and it makes you feel better. As a, again, I don't always think sadness is such a bad thing. Like one of the examples when joy is asking sadness like something that she likes to do and she says, "I like to stand in the rain." And I was like, okay, like that's like a kind of sadness that I think, especially a lot of teenagers, they, like to, they almost like to feel sadness in a certain way. Yeah. Like they wear it like a, like a cloak. And I think some people get a certain amount of joy in feeling sad sometimes by doing things like standing in the rain or watching a sad movie or something like that. But I do think a part of the movie like uh both of you were saying is they did try to show that those emotions um are are related, not only that but even also like in a um like in a like a i don't know how to 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 relate it, but you can't really um feel happiness well you can't really feel loss or sadness unless you've lost something, which is you lost something good, yeah, and the same thing with joy is is joy is sometimes just. Being without having shitty things around you, but at the end when they were having some of those memories, they were like multicolored, um, yellow and blue. Mm. I did think it was interesting that I think that joy was the only emotion that was multicolored, though. I think all of oh, them. Oh, you know,
4: but oh, actually, no, I was actually thinking of the uh, mindy can the uh, great disgust. The disgust. Yeah. Her, she actually has this little. Uh, no, she was scarf? green. Yeah, yeah she yeah, has a, had a scarf. This little scarf that's purple. Okay. And I don't know if that disgust. It goes with fear. Like if you're disgusted by, you know, spiders. You know, if, if you're fearful. I don't know if that. I
1: could see those kind of going mm-hmm. together. When yeah, she I wants to be the. Be right. When mm-hmm. she wants to be the cool girl or whatever, it's kind of probably the fear of not being popular. And yeah. especially because the popular girl at the end, like her main emotion, at least for that bit, was was fear. Hmm. Um. Yeah, uh. So did you answer what you're? Oh yeah. The um. For me, it would be Bill Hader in my
4: head. Oh. Fear. Yeah. I got Bill Hader. Um, you know, just always worried about, you know, your day. Like, oh, is my car going to start? Or, you know, or is my staff going to show up to work? You know, stuff like that. Like, I, I think fear, like, really used to be mm-hmm. joy when I was younger. And then...
1: Fear. Well, I think
2: you still have fear. You still yeah. have joy. Everybody has mm-hmm. joy. Yeah, we're but... just
1: talking about the main thing. Everyone yeah. has all of these things, yeah. I think, unless you're Daredevil and you don't have fear. But <laughs> <laughs> I, that surprises me because I would have thought your main one would be joy. For me, my main one now, again, because I, I feel joy a lot of the time, mm-hmm. would probably be my main, but my main one probably is disgust. Um, I just feel like that I'm overly condescending to a lot of people and just like every time I go somewhere, even like if Heathen and I are in the movie theater... And there's someone talking, she'll be angry and I'll just be disgusted like why would you do that? I don't understand do you know how to raise your your, your kids and Heather will he just ex- be like, I'm he, gonna tell them to get out
2: he he ex- yeah he he will project onto me his feelings and then sometimes I won't react and then he's like disgusted with me and I'm like it's I'm not doing anything to you no. And then sometimes he'll get disgusted because I'm reacting to because i want to and i'm like you know you are just all over the place well dude. like we're
1: saying we all have those things i mean i do have a lot of joy i have mm-hmm. um fears coming more and more uh, like uh, matt brought up a good one with sympathy like i was almost couldn't sleep last night because sometimes i go into this weird spiral where i think about like all these elephants getting like tortured and stuff like that where i'm like i can't live in a world that's like this um and then when I was young, you know, when I, I think everyone, unless they're like abused or something, when they're four or five, always has joy. But I would say like a little bit older than that, when I started developing emotions, mine would have been the fear at that point. I was I was afraid of like everything. I was afraid of trying things. It, it made me have a less joyful life because I look at people now that were basically fearless and just wanted to try everything and how happy they looked. Like I met this guy in Singapore that he would try anything no matter how stupid he looked, and I was like, this guy looks so happy. Like, he lived every. He lived life the way I wanted to when I was younger. We, he really made every moment count. Like, he joined the rugby, like the national rugby team while we were there. He tried going swimming, even though he didn't know how to swim. And he looked ridiculous. Like, he looked like he was drowning, but he wanted to try. Um,
2: and I think that's where maybe my.
1: And I can't do that because I fear.
2: flipped from um, a lot of joy to fear is because I, I remember being that way as a child, just. I didn't care I wanted to do everything and I can see where I'm like because my whole thing or what my grandmother and my mother used to always say because I was I was always very feel fearful as a child but my mom would always say feel the fear and do it anyway because in a half an hour the time's going to be done anyway and all you're going to do is regret that you didn't do it. And every time I I would back out because I was too fearful, I would look at the time and go, oh, "I should have done it." And it would motivate me to do it anyway the next time. So it would always push me to just feel the fear and do it anyway. And so and I was always happier when that half an hour or whatever were my jitters, my stage fright, whatever it was that I was pushing myself to do, when the half an hour was over or the 45 minutes was over, I would always be overjoyed and be like, man, I did it, and be pumped. And that was where my joy would come from. And now I see myself regressing or, you know, going backwards. Yeah, I have Where to... I'm looking at the 45 minutes going, oh, I just could have done that and i didn't
1: i still have to do that sometimes it's like it's like doing the countdown to jump into the pool like you know it's going to be cold and you know it's going to be a shock so you have to be like three two one jump in Mm -hmm. or even you know the the pool's not that but you know when i was younger and getting in the river stuff i still have to do that because i'm still pretty apprehensive about trying a lot of things so i just have to go like like when i was single i'd have to be like i'm gonna go talk to that girl and I'd have to tell my, as soon as I started walking, then I'd be fine. But it was like getting that three seconds to be like, you got to start walking. Like once, once I got the car going, I was fine. But, um,
3: (laughs) well, there was a kind of talking about this little fear thing and just uh, a story from my, my trip to Colorado. Mm -hmm. There was a, uh, there's a lot of water in Colorado right now. It's that huge contrast from California. So there was like several creeks that we had to cross that are just like overflowed. Like it's very fast moving water. Scary. Um, so there was one morning, well, we got there, we were supposed to hike like three more miles one night and we got to this river and we we're just like, yeah, we're not going to cross this tonight. Cause we're, we're going to get wet. Yeah. Um, so we're going to sleep on it and then do it first thing in the morning. So we woke up in the morning thinking it was going to be a little bit calmer. Cause there's no, you know, less snow mountain stuff, but it was the same. It hit like rain during the night. So it was just as rapid flowing. So we're sitting there tossing our stuff, uh, <laughs> at kind of the narrowest spot we could find, which is also where the water is moving the fastest yeah. and we were going to hike up a little bit farther and cross where it was a little bit wider. So it wasn't as deep. Yeah. Um, so we're tossing stuff over and I think it was like the third or fourth thing I tossed <laughs> over. I missed it by like oh, half of a foot. So it actually hit the um, the bank and then rolled into the water. So without even thinking about it, where, you know, a second earlier, I would have been like, yeah, we're not even yeah. thinking about crossing here. I just jumped into the water and I, I, before I even knew it, I was already across the stream and on the other side with my thing in my hand.
1: You just got that adrenaline boost, yeah. like that fight or flight kind of thing. Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to have um, a support with people to tell you, hey, feel the fear and do it anyway because that's somebody telling you, go do it. So if you don't have that and you're the only person telling you to do it, then you can definitely talk yourself out of it. I think
1: it's hard if they can't relate to that specific fear. I mean, for some things. I don't know. Like I, uh, I don't
2: think so. I just think it doesn't matter if you just have somebody to tell you go do it, be supportive. Doesn't matter as a human being.
1: Yeah. I mean support always helps with everything, I mm-hmm. suppose, yeah. unless it's like support for a bad habit.
2: Well, yeah. Chug, chug, chug. Smoke, smoke, smoke. Here, do you need me to tie that vein off for you? Yeah, probably not. <laughs>
1: so in this movie, besides the feelings or the emotions, uh, Riley, the main character, the, the 10, 11-year-old girl, whatever she was, she had developed a lot of things called, um, they were either personality islands or identity islands. I, I want to call them identity islands because that makes more sense. So these were things that shaped her personality. They were things that formed part of her identity. Um, she had goofball, um, honesty, family, friends, and hockey. Where I think we're five ones. Those were the things that like made up her core identities. Her core memories went in and, and powered those. And I and I kind of got those. And then later in the movie, a lot of them started getting destroyed, which I think happens with a lot of growing up. Is you outgrow a, lo- a lot of things. Like you're not going to be like, oh, I love I'm, I love My Little Pony. And then you're 21. I mean, some people do, but. Um so for you guys what is an identity island that you had before that you no longer have either lost it as a kid or or maybe just lost it as an adult perhaps
2: Well they they were they broke down and then they built up but kind of smaller and bigger with some other things going on that's kind of what happened
1: Well yeah but and I
2: they, I just wanted to clarify that
1: They did rebuild some of them mm-hmm, um yeah. and change them but some of them probably weren't rebuilt I'm not sure if goofball came back it did. It did. Mm. Oh, I didn't see that.
2: It was just kind of built a little around Cause it, the family. Because they—that's what I.
1: Because they took did name the it. new identity islands at the end, and I can't remember one. I remember sadness liking the um, the the Moby vampire. Uh, oh, that's right. One. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, and um, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I, I do. Oh yeah, because they did mention. Oh, friendship islands gotten a lot bigger, so some of them did come up larger, mm-hmm. but I think some of them changed or, or were totally different. So, anyway, Heathen, what's something for you that...
2: Mm, I will let somebody else take the floor for a second.
1: Okay.
4: <laughs> That's a pretty complex issue if well, you think about it. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. How...
1: Well, do you have one? I had a tough time with this question as well because most of mine haven't... They were kind of like how Heathen said that if they had been destroyed, they kind of came back in some way.
4: I think for me... um um, growing up, I was, I was always very into video games. And it was very... I, like, I played video games before I learned how to read. Um, and so... And I still do enjoy them. Um, but it, it's... You know, I'm not as giddy. You know, I'm not as yeah. joyful over them. But I, it's still there. It's still a core part of me. Um, and the friendship island, I think... Thinking about when you're in, in school, you're surrounded by so many people. And you're invited to all these birthday parties. But when you grow older... Uh, for me, at least, I have less... Friend, you know, people move away, but I think the friendships are more stronger. Like it it can break down, but then it when you build it up, it's a little bit stronger Mm -hmm. because you search out for people that you know what you're looking for in people that you want to spend time with. That you know, that's I think that happens a lot with
1: people. Matt, anything?
3: Um, yeah, I mean, it'd be some basic ones like the Friendship Island, Family Island, Um, but yeah, other stuff like. Outdoor Island
1: and is that something that built up now that you didn't have as a kid or has just changed
3: um it it's definitely gotten smaller since okay. I was a kid, you know since I was in, involved in you know scouts and we went camping you know almost every weekend when I was you know younger I definitely don't do that as much now, but it's still kind of a part of me,
1: yeah, I would say it still seems a part of you
3: um uh, but as growing up it's definitely more of like yeah like the tech geek island and um
2: <laughs> it's built up
3: yeah
1: <laughs> no i was trying to think of something that really i had as a kid and that i totally didn't identify with anymore so i started to go with family because i was a lot closer to my family than i am now but i still the family that i'm close to i'm still really close to so it's still there it's just a smaller island I started to go with goofball, like the head of the thing, because I used to be the class clown that got kicked mm-hmm. out of class. And I don't—I'm like one of the people when when you know me or when you work with me, you don't even think I talk anymore. I don't really act out, but there's still that part inside of me when I know people. Mm-hmm. So the closest thing I could think of, and this wasn't a great one, because I can't remember how much of an identity or part of my identity, like I'm saying, this is a piece of me. Like if I had a merit badge or something, I would put this. But when I was a kid, I used to collect. I used to collect baseball cards and I used to watch baseball and I don't watch baseball at all anymore. Like, I don't care about baseball. I don't, you know, anything. And I'm just trying to think though how much of that baseball cards and watching baseball was really something I'd identify with as a kid. Like, if someone said, like, tell me five things about you, I'm not sure if that would be one of the five things. You know, I, I started thinking about some of the other like geeky stuff, but that all that stuff's mostly still there. And I was going to go with like 80s rock, but I mean, that's still mostly there. I don't really identify with it as much anymore. I just know a lot about it. I don't go around like with huge hair and like leather jeans anymore, <laughs> or anything. But
2: but we could if it was Halloween, yeah. you know.
1: I suppose. So um, even
2: for me, I have to say something that uh, keeps getting completely torn down, even as a child. Uh, whether it's moving or, um, yeah. Uh, moving through childhood or divorce or what have you would be a friendship island that has been torn down so many times and it's very unfortunate. Um, So that really sucks. But I would say um, goofy island comes and goes. So little pieces get chopped off and then builds up again, depending on, what's going on or if I have new friends that are kind of goofy or if I have to be on my own being goofy, then be maybe I'm not so, yeah. Well, I don't know. I can be kind of goofy there too, I guess, but, or depending on what kind of job I have at the time, you can't be so goofy. So yeah, those are the two things, but yeah, the friendship island definitely you can just, it's still as an adult, just, yeah. poof,
1: I used to be really big into toys. And I still have like... You still are. Yeah, but I don't Hello. play with them, though. No, I used to like...
2: And can I toy. just say... Can we, Can we? I I just want to take a second about Father's Day on this last weekend, Sunday.
1: Mm-hmm. My
2: son doesn't bring me a gift.
1: You're not a father.
4: Do you have a penis? Neither are you. You don't know that. Not that he knows of... <laughs>
2: yeah, but... Ayla, Ayla's my daughter. Brings him the... Avengers, the three up there. I'm like, thanks, son. Love you too. Glad I raised you. Well, some people don't. Throw on my all their, own.
1: Some people don't throw all their gifts in the trash.
2: <laughs> I don't.
1: So, uh before I go on to the porn parody, is there any other things we want to talk about this movie? There was a lot going on in the movie with imaginary friends. With nope, uh, subconscious I'm done.
2: I loved the imaginary friends. Let's go and talk about. No, i just kidding. <laughs>
4: I like that the bing bong that was I I love that part. Um, Me it too. Was so yeah, that I'd... part was so emotional. You know, it was just like, wow, he's gonna sacrifice himself and he's gonna be gone. And what's interesting about all those memories, and because I studied memory in college, it because every if you think about like all your good memories that you had with your. You don't remember them. You remember like the bad stuff in life. You know what I mean? And It's so. It's human nature kind of. Yeah. And the
2: only way to keep them is to keep a diary or if somebody else remembers. And um, it's kind of cool because my mom, I, I bought my mom her first diary when I was 13. So she's pretty much chronicled my entire life since I was 13 and she's like, what do you wanna know? and she told me like last weekend i actually organized it by year so now if you want to know something um and she's pretty she's pretty much non-judgmental she really just you know documents what's been going on so it might be nice you know if she ever croaks i then i'll read it but i'm not going to read it until (laughs) she does We're like hey can you look up you know, 1995. But
1: but it's a good point about the uh, only remembering bad memories thing because it's something I've talked about with my friend quite a bit where I was like, um, there's sometimes where I'm not necessarily in a state of happiness, but just like real contentment. And I try my best to remember what that feels like. It's more like appreciation. So if there was like... I, you know, I lived in my car for a month and then when I first got out and I laid out on a couch and stretched and I knew I could read or play my guitar or just relax or do nothing and I didn't have to worry about my dog or anything, it was like the best feeling in the world and I kept thinking I don't want to forget like how good this feels and take it for granted. Like I wish I could put it like in a cologne bottle and squirt mm-hmm. it on me at times so I have that feeling of um, just appreciating what you have and I've had that before like... um
2: Oh, when I first moved to
1: Reno and I didn't have any money and I was living off of like a couple bucks a week. So I'd go to Winco, I'd get a package of hot dogs for 58 cents. I'd get some ramens for 18 cents and I would get some bananas for 58 cents.
2: That's just a core memory for you. I remember... But I
1: don't remember it as a thing. I wish I could. I mean, I wish I could... You're,
2: You're talking about it, so you remember.
1: Well, I remember analytically. I don't remember how it feels. I can tell you like as a fact in a book, but I can't remember how my toes feel to like stretch out and... Well, that kind of thing.
2: You don't necessarily need to like go back there as a well. I think actual you do, though, memory. No, to
1: really appreciate it to appreciate what people have.
2: Okay, then go left <laughs> out in your car for a couple of days. If sometimes it's that's really, that's
1: good. That's sometimes. That's, then go do it for if me. That's sometimes that's need, what camping is about. If that's what about. you need,
2: then mm-hmm. I'll see you in a couple days and I'll lock the door and change the locks. I don't know what you want. <laughs>
4: Well, they they actually do have what well, you're talking about—the cologne bottle. They do have that. It's okay. called Mescaline, man. It's the only no. way. <laughs> <laughs> By Calvin Klein. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, it, it's kind of like that documentary that I watched about um, Alzheimer's and dementia with music therapy. Yeah, I watched that too. Um,
4: what was it? Yeah, what were the main points on that one? That was a good one. Just
2: yeah. listening to music would bring back so many memories for people. Oh, and it's so mm-hmm. true. It's so true. It's Because it's right there.
1: It was almost like muscle memory, but mm-hmm. for the mind. There yeah, would be someone that couldn't remember anything about themselves at all, and they heard a song, they'd be like, Oh,
2: I oh, was 1976. Yeah. Yeah, and- they, they, would, they, they would ask you, you know, How old are you? Um, where I, were you born? And they would go, I don't know. And then they would turn on uh, Wake Up. Little Susie, Mm -hmm. wake up. And then they'd be like, oh, I remember this. You could see their face physically change. Yeah. Then they would start asking the same questions. Yeah, I'm this old. I'm this old. You're just waking up a Mm -hmm. different part of the brain that.
4: Yeah. I actually just read on Reddit this, like today, which is, and I was like, okay, this is, I got to, you know, tell it on the podcast. It's talking about synapses in the brain and memory and how they're you know it has to do with one another how synapses, you know they're connected so i think when with the music you know you go to a a core like there are certain songs that i listen to and i'm like okay you know this brings me back to you Mm -hmm. know a really good place Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um which is interesting you know and you know that's what yeah so yeah
2: it's uh sound and smell Mm -hmm. and taste yeah
4: i think uh what is it uh smell is the strongest memory um Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I can't do that, but my
2: friend, my friend always does studied Psychology, so did I, and I was more gerontology, so I'm down for the old people. But (laughs) but Heathen and
1: I play a a game with music where we sit and we try to guess what year it's from, and and I do the same thing you're talking about. I like, yeah, I I remember listening to this on the school bus, Mm -hmm. and you know, doing this and doing that. Like, Mm -hmm. there's certain songs I can exactly remember. What I was doing, and that's how I can pinpoint pinpoint the year for like for at least like a six year period. I can pinpoint songs Mm -hmm. within a year.
2: You might not be able to remember like who sang it or what year it was, but you can flash back to where you were. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, there's. I mean, immediately, there's certain Mm -hmm. tricks you can do. Like I was experimenting at work a couple months ago because I listened to um, you know Pandora Radio doing their comedy channel and they they do repeat you know the same sketches over and over again sometimes Mm -hmm. so i kind of made my myself a little experiment where i knew i was going to be listening to this same comedy sketch again at some point so i made myself say hey this is what i'm doing right now when i'm listening to this sketch and then it happened to be like a couple of weeks later, I had completely forgotten about my experiment. And I was listening to the comedy station again, because I hadn't listened to it for like a week or two. Um, and that same comedy sketch come back, came back, and without even like missing a beat, I was immediately like thinking, holy crap, I was doing mm-hmm. this exact thing last time I was mm-hmm. listening to this
2: sketch. So it's all
3: yeah i mean you audio can, i mean that's yeah.
1: how a lot unless you have like a photographic memory that's you know a lot of like the people with good memories that's the tricks they use or i mean well one of the ones is they use the compartments or whatever where they're saying like i'm they imagine like a room or a house inside their brain and it's sort of the same thing like i'm putting this in the i i can't really do that like i'm putting this memory in the bathroom or whatever but um
4: that reminds me of that uh, dream catcher that remember that guy do you remember that movie Stephen King? I yeah, remember. the dream ca- with that guy. And he has that big <laughs> library and he has all those memories... That was interesting. I don't think I saw it. Okay. It's all
3: right. I thought Dreamcatcher was like an alien movie.
4: Yeah, it was. Yeah, but Uh, this guy had this... He had in his brain, he had like these memories. um, And then the alien like goes into his brain and like (laughs) is chasing him around, but...
2: And touches all of them and turns (laughs) them to blue. I'm sad.
1: The the imaginary guy, he had a flower that each petal was a color of, of the five main emotions. I don't really know what that meant.
2: I have literally told everybody...
1: Literally. You've literally told everybody. Literally, literally in the world. I really. Yeah. So everyone hungry. If I just <laughs> randomly prank call someone in hungry. Yeah. I'd be I've, like, Who told you about this movie? They'd be like, heathen.
2: <laughs> I've told everybody. Literally. Well, anybody that has asked me because a lot of people a lot of people um, that I work with and know that I have the movie group. And they know that I have the podcast. But most of the people know that I have the movie group. So even today with my interview, um, Christine, she's a teller at the branch. She said, so what movies have you seen? I'm like, oh my God, you have to take your kids mm-hmm. to see and put Inside them Inside Out.
0: Oh.
2: Yeah. Are you kidding me? She's no. the cutest little thing in the entire world. You would think she was cute. She's a cute little Asian girl.
1: Well, anything else you want to talk about the movie? I mean, one other thing I want to other
2: po- than it's now my uh, number one movie of 2015. Year? Yeah,
1: uh, probably mine too, but we'll see. Um, Hands down. I do, you, I do you think? All right, um, I don't want to interrupt, but do you think it's in the Oscar him, please. race? Yeah, the
4: Oscar race. Do you think? I mean. I hope I, so. I hope there's going to be a day when Pixar wins Best Picture. I
1: mean, they, I think they deserve it. At I hope point. they do. They keep talking yeah. about if an animated film... And I film... think
2: we should keep interrupting Kevin. Well, <laughs> No, I don't have anything else to say.
1: No, no, that is a the thing. They keep waiting to see if an animated film will win Best Picture. Because some have been nominated. That's all yeah, I could think about. That's three, right? all
2: I could think about today was the Oscars, uh, I hope. Mm-hmm. This, this year might actually movie. be
1: a weak year for Oscar movies. It seems like so it might have a good chance. Like I think there's a lot of good movies this year, but um, I don't I, think
3: it'll be tough. I mean, you've got Mad Max, you got Mad Max is Star gonna win Wars best picture, coming out. I you've think. got uh, the Avengers. You got
1: science fiction movies don't usually win Best Picture either. Other than this movie
2: was that. like I I just don't I don't know. It hit me. Mm-hmm. personally It'll probably for get whatever nominated, reason I don't know but there'll
1: be there'll be probably some little movie that comes out in October yeah uh, yeah, that, some sleeper
4: yeah. that about but there were some reviewers that said I read some reviews that said they left the theater like thinking they they knew themselves even better you mm-hmm. know coming out of and I that's mm-hmm. with me thinking it's like because you your first reaction to something is your emotion and then mm-hmm. you can take a step back and go okay how am I going to react to this yeah
2: emotion think, reaction yeah, yeah. That's what I was well, I mean, say. same
1: thing, and it reinforced a lot of stuff we knew. Like, um, I felt
2: like it was okay to have emotions.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how they work together. Like at the end, when she's playing hockey, and all the emotions are playing different parts, and mm-hmm. they're kind of some are superseding at certain times. And you know, they, and it was really
2: I've... good that they showed where she was having uh, the emotional issues, and she went out and played the sport where she was really good at and failed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're having an emotional yeah. issue, sometimes you're not.
1: Yeah, it's hard to focus. Mm.
2: Yeah, they they did. I think they did everything mm. just really, really good. Well, I liked
1: yeah. how the um, control board just kept getting bigger. So in the beginning, it was just mm-hmm. basically one button when it was joy, and then it but was But they, they only did that. They only did that at the oh, end. Oh, no, no, yeah. it wasn't just at the end. So they it just started out <laughs> very small because when you're young, your happiness is not very nuanced. Everyone can see when you're happy. When you're sad, it's not very nuanced. You're going to be throwing a tantrum. When you're angry, And it did get bigger throughout the movie until at the mm-hmm. end, even when anger says, now I've got all of this to uh, at my hands. Because there's just different shades of being be angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, anything. There's different shades of being happy, different shades of being sad, different shades of being afraid. When you're younger, it's just, it's just, it's very primary. It's mm-hmm. fear is one thing. Anger is one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, starts to get a little bit more like when they're telling her to uh, throw a scowl and stuff like that, like you start learning different tricks to, to being angry. I mean, there's a difference between being agitated and being furious, you know? I love that part with the
5: girl. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah <laughs> that's happened that's to me. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> that part was really good at the end when they went inside all of the brains oh, was, uh, yeah.
2: with the cat. And, and the cat and the dog
1: and the uh, and the clown. Like
2: everybody has them too. Yeah, and that the
1: cool girl was actually like really afraid. Like, are they going to find out I'm a phony? That I'm really not cool. Well, you know what's interesting? I, what I
4: just thought about like during this podcast is that in Pixar, you know, the universes are they're kind of intertwined. So, if you think about each character in the Pixar, they have these emotions going on in their head, um, in a way, that what's like, you know, I left the theater thinking, what, what's, you know, what's driving Woody? What's driving Buzz? You know, in these, or just like anybody, you know, in general. Um, you know, it's really a smart movie. It's very, you know, mm-hmm. very ambitious. That
2: I hope that people left thinking, um, if I'm looking at you, who's driving your five mm-hmm. who's driving your five right. well the thing yours. that
1: was interesting is that when you all said your your each your own there weren't ones that i would have thought of you know like you said fear and that would have, wouldn't have been the worst first ones i had guessed you and said so something like Handsome fear to too and it. i didn't really guess that either <laughs> mm-hmm. um and
2: but we all agreed that joy is behind everything Oh, I'm
1: not behind everything. I'm just saying it's in there. There's unless you're weird, no one's joyless. <laughs> Heathen, what was your porn parody for Inside Out? Oh
2: my god, I'm so excited! I actually am going to wait for everybody else's because I'm pretty okay. sure once again I'm going to win this. Beer maker <laughs> Matt, what's can, your porn you par- guys know I always win this, right? Mine's
3: um, probably pretty obvious, but Inside Her Out.
1: Inside Her Out.
3: Yeah,
2: I got you. <laughs>
1: It makes me think of something with the out because I didn't use the out.
2: Handsome right Rob, now. I always.
1: So the porn parody. What? What is it? I... So I'll go. So porn parody. They do make porn parodies of a lot of movies. You know oh, this, right? Oh, I, I, okay. I so like they have Edward Penis Hands, which is a real movie. They have um, Tits a Wonderful Life, which is a real movie. So we'll like we'll let you think of. I'll go to mine. Um, the one I wrote was Inside Cunt, which isn't very good. <laughs> But I wanna I wanna change change mine to eat her out. Oh no. So Heathen?
2: Oh no. Do you wanna No, think Heathen, about you go. I'll go. No, I
1: got mine.
4: Okay. Mine would be called uh inside out inside out inside out and then just
2: you know like repeated like 30 times or something in and out yeah <laughs> no it's a good thing see i'm just always gonna go last okay
1: yeah you're like the rotten cherry on top yeah, of yeah the she's thing. like one for ten right now yeah.
2: no no it's, it's i am i am the best one it's gonna be like brandon at, no, was fishing with salmon no i am the best one ever yeah somebody, according to
1: your vote no
2: Cream on the inside, clean on the outside.
1: <laughs> okay, a little bit, b- <laughs> a little bit better than. He then dropped her notes as if that was the end all and be all. Got the, the mic. Yeah,
3: I, th- I think mine was more clever.
2: No, I'm yeah. sorry. It's a song lyric. It's a freaking song lyric.
1: Well, beamer Clean man-
2: on the inside, like okay. I'm not gonna. Get it, get
1: it. Yeah, now? we we all get it. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't make it any better.
2: It got inside out, <laughs> and it's a porn parody.
1: All right, we're gonna do some ranks this week because uh, handsome Rob's uh, is our first time to the panel. He's going to rank his top five favorite or best or what top Pixar. Five. Okay. Top um, five. What is? It? Yeah. So I did a lot
4: of thinking <sighs> about this because Pixar. Um, I, I've seen most pretty much everyone except for like monsters inc in the theaters Um, oh in the theaters okay yeah in the theaters um but i've seen them all for me the top it was hard for me to do a top five i did a top three okay that's fine i liked i love the toy stories i think that the i've always thought that the first movie and like something to set it off is like the most important um but i've always loved toy story the toy story two um one and then three in that order Is that all right? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. It's just the headphones. Yeah, the Toy Story two. I I I think that's one of the best sequels of all time. Um, just because it it was a Disney sequel that it wasn't straight to video, and it was so good. Like it was better than. Um, and I was younger at the time, so I didn't see like Terminator two or you know I was familiar with Star Wars, but that was more with the trilogy. But Toy Story two, it was just so good compared to Toy Story one. Like the, so, they
1: introduced. Well, the animation was a lot
4: better. Yeah, it was just. And, and I thought that, you know the jokes were funny. I love the story. Um, what was the
1: story? They introduced uh, the girl.
4: The girl, yeah. The I forgot who voiced her, but that was a very emotional part with the uh, the the song. I mean, and it, you know you're gonna cry when you see that part. I mean, and it's toys. I mean, it's you get so emotional over like inanimate objects. Yeah. You know, I think Are that's... you
2: just talking about Toy Story two or yeah. the whole?
4: Um, well, the whole thing too. But I thought Toy Story two. I was... thought
2: the little jerk uh, teenager. When he... In the first one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The that Buzz was,
4: or what's his name? Been, or, I
1: don't know. So yeah. I don't I
2: remember, see. but that was like kind of a whole like, wow, he's he's troubled. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing
1: if you go back and look at uh, the first Toy story, how more rudimentary the animation was. But, oh, yeah. But it was just such a good story, though, just about um, from the toys' point of view of projecting your feelings onto that feeling of abandonment and loss and stuff like that. I was rea- yeah, because yeah. they
2: really thought they were real. No, I
4: was reading in craft about the original story in Toy Story is like when, you know, how they play dead and like, yeah. okay. But when in like the original story, it was like, or maybe it was a story that was based on it. But when they saw the toy, if the human saw the toys, um, like if they were alive, they would die. Like they would <laughs> just like,
1: you know, like,
4: just die. <laughs> um, now,
1: but, oh, God. I could see how they would take that. Was well, the Toy
4: Story one? Was that the first one that wasn't hand drawn? Was that the first commu- computer? I, it was
1: one of the first, and that's why yeah, it was, I think so that was so iconic. Yeah, because yeah. mm-hmm. Pixar was like nothing at that time. Really, it was like was, a surprise hit. The first Toy Story, I believe, was well, Ants Pixar. Too? That was um, DreamWorks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Because I was going to
2: say that was, a was, say that, was yeah. that was. Very emotional, was good too. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, I would say good. that would be like one of the five mm-hmm. on they my did list. Bugs life,
3: which is,
1: yeah, ants yeah. and bugs. Oh, no, 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 I
2: mean, were... ants. Yeah, that yeah. was a bugs one life. of them was much better, and I think it was bugs. bugs life. life that was the one I was yeah. talking about. Mm. Bugs' life, I love that. <laughs> was really
3: good. Well, mm. the funny thing about Toy Story 2 is when I was actually um, visiting uh, the Pixar campus, we were talking to one of the production guys and he was basically saying toy story 2 was kind of a disaster for them because they had to completely rewrite it because they they had written the storyline and they i think they even started to animate it and then realized it was just crap So they went back completely back to the the drawing board and redid the storyline and actually was, um, you know, a really good movie and a good storyline. But that was kind of when Pixar was like, and we're never going to do a sequel again. And then Disney bought them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, they asked uh, this going off uh, topic, but they asked if they're going to make a sequel to Inside Out. Yeah. And the guy that did this said, no, I don't intend to. Now, it doesn't mean they won't, because right. he's the same guy that did Monsters, Inc., but he didn't do the sequel to Monsters, yeah. Inc. So he just wants to continue focusing on original content. But Yeah.
4: Um, but just going on, yeah, I think that, that those Toy Stories, they were just so, I, I you know, I loved them growing up. Um the other ones are... Found good. a yeah. friend in me. <laughs> I thought the, the beginning of Up was probably one of the best intros of any movie yeah. I've seen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's I so much... Say.
2: Yes. I actually yeah. own that movie. Oh, that's so good. And yeah. I'm going to buy this movie, too. And I just don't buy movies. Mm-hmm. You can look in my... All of the movies are his. I only <laughs> own one. And it's Up. And I will buy Inside Out, and that's
1: it. it. I went to the theater to see uh, Crazy Heart, uh, the country movie with Bo Bridget or Jeff Bridges, Mm -hmm. and then I theater hopped to see Up. And I was with my friend Kyle, and I was like, "Let's go!" I was like, "I heard this movie's good. It looks like crap. We'll be the only guys in there." And then I was like, almost crying, like in the beginning of the (laughs) movie, I was like, "They let kids see this? How could they let a kid see this? This is so sad." (laughs) I cried.
2: I cried in the intro song.
1: Oh,
2: it was yeah. Beca- and there's no words. It's and- such like yeah, handsome
1: Rob said. Handsome Rob said it's such a good introduction yeah. to a movie because so many movies try to use so many words to be like oh, and then this happened, and then I felt sad because she died, and then she used oh, to no, sit in that chair. in Up,
2: I cried. I'm talking about in Inside Out. No, oh. I cried because which it part? Was the, like just the intro, the song. Oh, the, because the Volcanoes. Because it's Hawaiian.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay, okay.
2: Because I love... Heathen's talking about you. the
1: uh, how Pixar does <laughs> no, the... the uh, in shorts. shorts. Yeah, yeah no, that one That made me cry. That was a really good, yeah. It just made me cry. I thought it was one of the weaker ones.
2: No, it just made me cry. And it made me all... emotional, because I'm emotional.
1: I like the dog one better. And the paper one better. Oh, yeah, paper yeah. One, that one. That one won an Oscar. Talk about winning Oscars. Oh,
2: was this one... Was it an Oscar short?
1: No, we won't know yet. It might be. The lava? Yeah, well, time. usually the shorts end up getting nominated. The Disney shorts always get, end up getting. So nominated.
2: that was an Oscar short.
1: We don't know yet. Oh,
2: okay. Oh my god! I'm sorry. I'm I'm just now understanding like my life. i But like, sorry.
1: but like Matt and I saw. The, I'm gonna
2: be so excited. Everybody vote for the lava.
1: Matt and I saw the dog one before Big Hero Six. Is that the name of the movie? And then that was an Oscar short. Uh, we saw the Paper Boy, Paper Man, was whatever short before something. And then no, that was the the video game one. So
2: the, that was not part of the the. the movie
4: ralph Ralph. i think that yeah the paper one yeah but the 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 paper airplanes Uh, is that Mm -hmm. okay yeah that was wreck it ralph i believe so
2: that was not part of the movie because i've not been telling anybody. i'm like i don't want to spoil anything but it made me cry
1: it is part of the movie it'll like if they buy the dvd it'll be part of the dvd yeah it's not like
2: it's actually not part of the movie at all no but
1: but that's how those work they're they're shorts that yeah yeah they've always had a short before yeah
3: well, that's how Pixar started so it's always going to be a part of their movies.
1: Yeah and Disney started doing that too now too because one of their shorts the Disney the Mickey Mouse one got I nominated.
3: Disney started it too with uh, Roger Rabbit. What was the short before Roger Rabbit? Uh, the Baby
1: Oh Baby's Day Out or whatever. Uh, I thought that was
3: part of the movie. I mean it was the character was in the too. movie. But. I don't
1: know. Alright anyway he still
4: has four more to go. No, I did. I am just gonna do top three. The oh, three. Toy Story Two, one and then three. Oh, um, so all your pictures are the right. other That's ones all Toy Story. Yeah. So what are your two favorite outside of Toy Story? Just uh, not in
1: any order, just
4: I don't know, man. They're all good. The thing is like I actually wrote down I'm not gonna do it, it's <laughs> kinda of redundant, but I wrote down each movie in the Rotten Tomato score. Uh-huh. And for Rotten Tomato I don't know if people know this, but like over sixty percent is fresh, right? Yeah. And then anything and then it's rotten if it's fifty nine percent or less. It's really hard though to get that fresh rating. And to get like an over 90%, Pixar has this, I mean, besides Cars, Cars 2, Brave, um, and I think another one, they're all above 90%, like above 90, 95. I mean, it's insane, like how good those movies yeah, are. Yeah, Inside outside 98%. Yeah. I think it's probably yeah.
2: because of the kids. Oh,
1: it's, yeah. It just, well, no, you know, percentage isn't idiot. because of the kids. The percentages well, this, come from critics, which are the, the most callous, hard, they hate everything. They're like, they're <laughs> I usually... I don't think
2: so. They're I don't usually like so. Mike,
1: um, Portland Mike, except for he's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> he hated Mad Max.
3: But, did he? Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, we're not friends anymore.
1: But, um,
2: <laughs> oh, of course he did. And I, you know... <laughs>
1: But anyway, the thing is with this movie, it, and again, if you're at ninety-eight percent or ninety-nine percent, it's just weird to think because it was like you know. He hated it
2: for the same reason I did.
1: Out of those three hundred and fourteen viewers or whatever, and there's like four that didn't like it. It's like, why the fuck did you not like this movie? because mm, those aren't how feelings really work. They don't talk. I mean, that's probably what the shit was. If you go and look at the <laughs> negative reviews. Yeah, bunch of pessimistic buttholes.
4: (laughs) I don't. There's only. I I can only name. I'm just gonna name the ones that I didn't enjoy. It was Brave. I. I don't know. Brave. I like Brave.
1: I don't. I love the soundtrack, but the movie itself, it just didn't do it for me. I think that was the first Disney Pixar uh, collaboration, or at least with the Pixar movie. Okay, I know the they Disney. switched directors in the middle of it, and that might have played a role. Because um, but- that's the one people call out to me when I say, uh, who who are the Disney princesses that aren't married? And I mentioned Brave, uh, and Mc then they Riblet
2: say... is yeah. not going to be happy with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> MC.
1: I mean, it might not be on the same standard as, as as many things. Just like, you know, Tomorrowland wasn't a horrible movie. It was just a shitty movie for Disney. <laughs> Yeah,
4: um, but yeah, those I, I would say the other ones I don't know, maybe Up and
1: Incredibles. I liked Incredibles. Incredibles was good. Yeah, and they're making a second one, I believe. Right? I think yeah. so. Eventually, that's that's been a while. Incredibles uh, opened up uh, had a big opening weekend as well. well. That was one of the things with um, Heathen's news about the uh, opening. That even though this is the biggest opening of a non-original I'm sorry. Yeah, of a non-original non-sequel. It's like 67th on the list. Oh wow. It shows how far behind um Avatar was what uh this movie beat as that Avatar had the old record and it was like now it's like 69th or something. Oh wow. So it shows it just shows that shows why movie or the studios keep redoing oh, yeah. shit Sequels again and, and books. again and yeah. again, yeah. Where we're going to have another new Spider-Man, although apparently this one will be cool. <laughs> they said only this one will be cool if Fantastic Four does well, which I, d- I doubt it will. Because they're going to do an X-Men Fantastic Four mix-up. Anyway, that's so wh- going on.
4: Wh- what do you guys think about Pixar? Like, which ones did you really like?
3: Uh, I would say Incredibles is probably up there. Um for some reason, WALL-E is probably one of my favorites. It's probably one of my top three.
1: That's a good one. I didn't know if that was Pixar or not. I really like WALL-E.
3: Yeah, it's, I mean, for mm-hmm. a film that has almost no dialogue mm-hmm. in it, it's pretty amazing.
1: And for a film, one of the reasons I didn't want to see it, I was like, how can yes, they make I you like care about a robot? Yeah. It's a robot. <laughs> yeah. Like, how are you going to care? And then I saw it. and I was like, this is so sad. <laughs> <Yeah>. Again. <laughs> you getting a theme here. No, but it was really sweet. when he. No, was- you really
2: did cry. You weren't there. I f- yes, that was when we first started dating. You, you read my journal. were like really upset about the robot. Yes, you were.
1: I saw Wally before I ever moved to Reno. No. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> anyway, stop interrupting Matt.
3: <laughs> um, Yeah, Up is probably up there
1: as well. Yeah, I'll include Wally as well. I didn't realize that. And Up. And this one. Mm-hmm. I don't, like I said, Finding Nemo, everyone loves it. I don't really care. They're making I a sequel, Finding Dory. I actually yeah.
2: didn't see that movie.
1: Well, what's a surprise? A movie you didn't see? Here's the song. Here's a song. Here's That's a fine song. to hit this baby. <laughs>
0: oh!
1: So you ready to go into Last Call? I right, take that as a yes.
5: Last Call. Looking at the world. Bottom of a glass. Oh, I didn't drink.
1: I <laughs> That's 100% Barbadian and rum. Hmm. Hey then, any last words?
2: Uh, just welcome to the podcast.
1: <coughs> oh, thanks for having me.
2: Oh, we have some uh, <laughs> guests that really are happy that you're here too. <laughs>
1: Beer maker Matt, any last words? Yeah, go see it. Go see... He's it's, talking about his wiener.
3: Yeah. Go, go see uh, this movie. It was it was definitely worth seeing in the theaters.
1: Yeah. My mom, I talked to her on Tuesday. I said, go see Inside Out. She's like, yeah, maybe I can identify. I was like, Mom,
2: no, you're going to like it.
1: I told her that. She's like, I don't want to cry. She went and saw Mad Max and, instead, I said. And I said... Uh I don't. We'll, we'll see her. That should probably be my new segment. Now that my brother's not doing segments, so it should be uh, mom's film review. There you go. And, and everything will be either I loved it or I walked out.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <clears throat>
1: she started watching Dallas Buyers Club on HBO. Or, she's I like, I don't know. She's like, I got to the part when he's in the hospital bed, and I was like, I don't think this is for me.
2: Oh my god.
1: Robert, any last words? Um you know, welcome back, Pixar. It's about time. <laughs> yeah, what do you think about uh, Good Dinosaur? First time ever that Pixar's releasing two movies in a year. Mm, should be interesting. The more Pixar, the better. I don't like the look of the main dinosaur, it looks too cartoony. Yeah. But uh, it's Pixar, so it'll probably be fantastic. Anyway, till next time, everybody, keep it wet.
4: he's just wrapped up you know in some closet in his mind i don't know oh my god
2: he's angry about everything he just had a
1: shit face the whole time we were there yeah i'll edit that out just in case
2: i I don't i would just leave it because he probably needs to hear that (laughs) although i am impressed that he will hug me so i mean that's a good
1: did you feel his boner growing (laughs)
2: let's not go there
1: oh she did
2: no i didn't and
1: i'm gonna edit all this out you can be truthful
2: Don't edit it out. This is good radio. Every time
1: I talk shit about people, I edit it out. I don't think you should. Unless it's Heather.
2: Thanks.